Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, today we're talking about Paris, the Grand Slam that just happened this weekend, and I'm joined as ever by my partner in uh, crime, or at least some of these podcasts are criminal. Uh, it's uh, Chris. How you doing, Chris? Hi James, uh, good to speak to you again. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, pretty good. It's been a it's been a lively day today at work, and uh, the judo was fairly lively as well at the weekend. Did you enjoy it yourself? Oh. Loved it. Um, I've not sat and watched as much as what I would have hoped to have watched as a, as a standard Paris weekend. I wasn't there, which is, um, you know, always a disappointment because it's the best tournament in the world to, to go and watch. But judo bases ever bails uh, bails us out and gives it gives me my judo fix kind of within the week when I can't watch every single judo match on the, on the day, really, um, when family life overtakes. What about yourself? Did you manage to catch some of it? Uh, same, yeah. So, caught some of it, little bits and pieces over the weekend, and then I've, I've caught up the last couple of days. Like you say, as an event, it's such a showpiece for judo. It's um, If you haven't been, and you're listening, and you're unsure, make sure you stick it on your list of events to go to, because it's such a spectacular tournament, and the way it's run and the crowds that they get make it such a yeah an exciting uh yeah event to be at i think it's just phenomenal i've been lucky enough to go to on a number of occasions both when it was held at the stade de coubertin um which is just a, an atmosphere in itself um but from from there moving to the bursi the the sheer numbers and the, as you say the showcasing of of the sport that we that we all love is just on another level. Great to see, um, you know, on on Twitter, I've seen a, a few um, Olympic athletes there, Seb Coe, Nadia Komenech, you know, all all in attendance and watching the, the great sport that we, we all love and enjoy. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I saw I saw that um, Seb Coe and, and Nadia Komenech were there. I think Komenech was giving, giving medals to, to some of the athletes. What did you, what did you think of the event in terms of British kind of standards? Yeah, by by I guess our recent standards, it wasn't. It was quite a quiet event. It's not a great set of results. We're so used now to coming away with medals at kind of Grand Slam, Grand Prix events. I was, uh, I wouldn't say disappointed, but I was surprised we didn't get those kind of results. Yeah, I think I think if we would have sneaked one medal, I think we all would have been happy. You know, kind of, yeah, great. We, another tournament, every tournament we're going to taking medals. And I think, um, you know, you do have to look at performances. Um, I'm sure some of the team will be disappointed with, with their performances. I'm, I'm sure some, with hindsight, will be quite pleased with their performances. You know, um, you're looking at Ashley got, gotten done by um, a good piece of judo by a, a, a good player in um, Israeli Ben David and you know kind of uh, you have to accept that I think Kelly and um, Stadden first first Paris tournament um, you know probably off 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 the off the level really um, the two boys at 90s will probably be disappointed um, with their you know they will, they will be disappointed with their outcome but obviously the the tournament the week previously where um, Harry Lovell Hewitt um, went and took took silver and outperformed the pair of them um, was a bit of a potentially an eye opener and people maybe haven't seen that coming I certainly didn't see that coming an excellent result for Harry there and then you know you step over to the 
the the girls, Sally will be disappointed losing to Bernadette, the Spanish girl again, um, and she lost to her in, in, a, in a recent event, if I remember rightly. And then Natalie and, and Jemima, fifth, fifth and seventh place, and also Lisa Renshaw was seventh place, you know, kind of no medals this time, but I'm sure they'll all be back at it, back at the... Uh, uh, in the dojo and on the on the tatami and kind of really working hard to to right some of the um, the wrongs and that that's a good thing with the judo world tour now is you don't have to wait too long to come and put something right. Totally, I think we have perhaps been a little spoiled um, in recent times in terms of the results. There were some good performances. I thought I know you're going to talk. Are you going to talk about seventy eight? I want to talk about under 78. I mean, I didn't mention um, Sarah there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, uh, plus 78, um, you know, winning one, losing one. But, you know, I think I will I will spend some time talking about 78 when we get to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, obviously the standout British performance for me was uh, was Jemima. But I won't won't come on to that. I'll um I'll let you get started. You. Yeah. As you say, you were, you were watching 78. What did you what did you see at the weekend? Yeah. Well, you know, when you when you're looking at the, the the draw and you're kind of mapping the results out before the day started, um, you kind of think, well, he'll be uh, she'll be her or he'll be him, and you kind of work you work the way through, and then you get the odd results that kind of throws that thinking out of the way. But when you when you're looking at the the 78 kilos, loaded with quality, two Japanese fighters, number of French fighters, all high quality. You're looking at First round draws or second round, you know, draws following buys, which are which are really really tough. The event ultimately was won by uh, Malonga, uh, the, the the French girl. Now, to be fair to her, she uh, fought really really hard all day. She had Stevenson, the Dutch girl, there uh, in the first round, who we mentioned on the last podcast actually, which who was a good scout for Jemima. Well. Malonga so explosive, throw, throws her with a big old Otagari, you know, kind of arm comes over the cross side, Georgian style, throws with the Osoto, takes her through to the uh, a fight with Talan, the, the, the Spaniard, and again scores with, uh, so early with um, with the Osoto and wins wins the fight ultimately with um, with a with a strangle. That took her to a. a a fight uh, in the quarterfinals against a, a compatriot. Um, uh, I can never say her name well, but Chumeo, um, Audrey Chumeo. You know, kind of these these two girls are both so explosive, um, and they was both willing to put it out there. Malonga scored a lovely ipon with a, a kosol tagaki, but it's one of those co- huge bear hug kosol tagakis where she nearly gets countered with the Uchimata, but he's able to regain a, a balance and finish the fight. And that kind of took her into the semi-final against um, Sato, the, 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 the Japanese girl, um, who I'll, I'll speak about Jemima in a moment, but yeah. in, in the in the semi-final, again, Malonga, using that devastating um, grip and, and her explosivity, again, two Wazari scores with the, with the, with the Osota Gary. Again, which took her into the into the final against Malzahn, um, the, the the German was very up and ultimately won won the match with um, three shidos. You know, kind of 
not the most exciting of finals, but, you know, a good day to judo for her, I would say. You know, kind of when you're looking at the draws, obviously the, the, the British um, interest, really, it, it has been twofold since, you know, probably since the World Championships, really. Natalie Powell, um, experienced athlete, number of medals under a belt, and also Jemima Yeats-Brown, fifth place at the Worlds, um, relatively new to the weight and is learning the weight and from a, a, a junior at uh, under 63 kilos has progressed through to 70 and now 78. She's obviously got some, some room to to grow and get stronger but that's coming and you can see that she's getting closer to the mark with regards to the the weight. Um, I think Jemima had a, a, a first round match against the South African and won that quite comfortably with um, a hold down in knee was and you was expect or I was expecting her to to be fighting Antonacci um, from from Cuba who was the the lady that she threw within 12 or 15 seconds of the world championships mm-hmm. however um, Charla overcame Antonacci in the first round I was like oh wasn't expecting that but Jemima progressed through her first round match, come up against Charla and again beat her in in, in the Niwaza. That places her um in, into a, a match with, with Sato uh, in, in, in the quarter quarter finals there. Um and you you look in and you think, oh, you know, gonna be tough. Always against the Japanese you're gonna have a tough fight. But Jemima does what she does best really in, in many ways. And took the fight to the Japanese extremely aggressive you know and you're kind of looking at it and was quite unfortunate to to lose the match um within golden score you know and that kind of dropped her dropped her into the um in the repechage came through came through a match there against uh i think it was Chimeo actually and you know rode the storm it was under a lot of pressure managed to ride the storm and again was able able to overcome Chimeo, placing her in the bronze medal match um, for, and that was against her Chen from China. Now I don't know whether you caught this match James but you, you sat there nip and tuck, you know, both athletes giving as good as they got, Jemima really working hard with a Sode, really throwing the big attacks in standing which so it's so exposing really so much power so much you can almost kind of feel the energy being sapped after every attack that she was making and then going into knee wazza um and being on the receiving end of quite some tough tough knee wazza very very tight match this then goes into into um golden score and both athletes really neither took a backward step both really being aggressive fighting hard you know and I, and I mean viciously hard six minutes plus of golden score before um unfortunately Jemima was was overcome and for the who she took for fifth place and Chen took the bronze but the the total admiration of both of those fighters but particularly Jemima you know, kind of leaving it out there on on the mat. You know that that can only be commended. Um, Natalie, um, I think she'll probably be disappointed, even though a seventh place in Paris is a 
is a decent result in itself. Um, she she had a first round by fighting Kamara in the um, in the second round, Kamara from France, and she scored a lovely uh, was Ari with a, a Uranagi technique, and then scored a second was Ari with a Uchimaki Sakeshi. You know, really quite quite nice stuff to be honest. Um, to the the Kamara fight, she was up against Malzam. Um, she unfortunately again lost uh, by two Wazari's um, uh, Sumigeshi technique, which was a lovely technique actually. And then unfortunately losing um, with a Wazari to with an Oso Tagari as well. That dropped Natalie in the in the repechage, and again came up against Umeki from uh, from Japan. And Umeki's essentially. Natalie's nemesis at the moment, uh, and I'm sure she'll overcome it in in the uh, in the tour coming up. Umeki won the won the match. Ultimately, went on to fight um, her compatriot Sato for the bronze medal and over, overcame Sato. The eventual medalist overall, James Malonga from France taking the gold. Malzahn, Germany um, in bronze with uh, sorry in silver with Chen in bronze and Umeki from Japan. Um, in bronze as well. I think overall some really good judo, some aggressive judo. The French women so explosive and aggressive. The Japanese doing what they do, you know, kind of controlling the grips, hiding behind the grips at times, but you know, high quality. And then you you, you look at Malzahn with some love to judo throughout the day, and Chen, you know, whoever won that bronze medal match between Jemima and Chen. Or really deserved it. So, you know, well done to all the ladies involved in that in the event at the weekend. I saw I saw a couple of Jemima's matches. I, I'd missed Natalie, but I did see a couple of Jemima's matches. And um, so the two matches I saw were Sato and Chimeo. And I I felt she never really got going in the match against Sato. She looked like she was in trouble from every single gripping situation. And then seeing the draw versus Chimeo, I thought. I always have a picture of Chimera being such a strong gripper, so good with the Kumikata. I thought it's going to be, you know, more of the same, strong right hand, control the gripping and force Jemima to do um, some of her more risky attacks. But I thought the difference in the two matches was was immense. Um, I thought she was great against Chimera. You know, she kept herself in the match and the little Sodi she scored with was great right at the end. Again, she's so, she's so tenacious and she keeps chasing and keeps working, you know, that I think we've seen two events now back to back. She's got a real chance of getting medals at this level. I fully agree. I mean, I'm looking forward to um, to the uh, European Championships, if I'm honest. You know, Natalie, Jemima, the French girls, Malzahn, the uh, Kosovan, you know, it, it's a quite a loaded way with some actually really good judoka in there. And I think Nat, um, Natalie and Jemima will be there and thereabouts come Europeans. Definitely. Like, as, as as we say, pretty much every week, Natalie is so consistent at this level. She's always around the medals. Um, but it is exciting to see that, you know, she's now got someone pushing her and, and, and someone else who looks like She's always going to be around the medals as well. Great, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, over the weekend, the, the main bit of judo I watched, I've got a bit of an obsession at the moment. So watching the heavyweights, watching the heavyweight men. Um, I 
think the category is just really, really exciting at the moment. I think it's, you know, probably in a state it's not been in for a long time. Um, and potentially that has a lot to do with, you know, the absence of Teddy. Um, I was going to ask that. Is, 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 the, is the competitive nature in that weight category because Teddy's not there? I think so. I think I, I think that that's a part of it. I think with his absence, it's allowed some of the other athletes to flourish. I do think there's a couple of exceptional athletes there. Obviously, you've got the Georgian who wasn't there in Paris, but there's two or three others who are all perhaps a uh, a rung below below Teddy. But I think will push Trishishvili. Um Talking yeah. to the likes yeah. of, of Sasson, you've got a couple of the Japanese athletes is one of the russians bashiev i think is is really strong at the moment and it was great to see the korean do do really well at this as well i think the final ended up being uh, kim from korea against harasawa uh-huh. both been really really strong all day i love uh, the way harasawa fights we've seen with plus hundreds there's been a lot of i guess lighter guys move into the category and that's perhaps changed the tempo of some of the matches um harasawa has always been a heavyweight but he i think he's super active for the weight category he scored some huge throws throughout the day uchimata against bashiev who he, he drew in the first round which were really tough first round um and ouchi and then a sasai um against how oh, i want to say it was uh, kakori in the in maybe the, the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he threw Kokori with a, with another Uchimata, but in the, the the second round he was thrown with a Sasai and Uchi. He's got he's got a huge variety of judo. Against yeah, so he beat Kokori quite convincingly with a huge Uchimata. It was going into the last minute of the fight that put him into the semi final against everybody's favourite Hank Grohl. Um, <laughs> You know, the match was, was really close. Again, Grohl is such a good gripper. Um, he is one of these lighter lighter players who's moved up. He he perhaps relies on his strength, I think, a little too much. And he, he's carried his strength from unders to overs. The fight went to golden score. There was a huge exchange early with, with both players attacking. And eventually ended with Henk being countered. And Harasar into the final. He ended up facing Kim in the final. He's a he's a heavyweight. He's been around for a long time, like on the fringes. He's got a lot of Grand Prix, Grand Slam medals. I think he's got a he's got a world bronze. You know, he, he always does well. And again, perhaps more traditional heavyweight judo. He scored a couple of times through the day with uh, Harai Makakomi. Heavyweight judo. We're expecting to see, I guess, more. Makakomis, but he's quite explosive with it. He's really good driving. Again, he's another good, good gripper. His semi-final was against Sasson, who won um, Tel Aviv a couple of weeks ago. And Sasson had looked all right through all day. He threw Sasson fairly, fairly easily. It looked like with a Harai, and he he kind of went straight into that kind of classic kids transition. Um, huge throw straight into Kezagatami. Um, held him for the Wazetti upon. That put Sasson into the bronze medal match. 
And he was he was having a bad day by this point. He got to the semi-final, but at this point, things were starting to go wrong because he came up against Kokori, the, the Azerbaijani um, world silver medalist, who, again, he, he looks quite mobile for a heavyweight. He's got a lot of movement. And quite early, he threw Sasan with a Uchimata and then again went in, followed it up with, um, yeah, like a smooth transition, but throw into the Kezakatami, the kind of stuff you do see Kids judo, you play around with it when you when you train transition. Um, it's really simple. Got the score, and it did, I guess, make Sasson's day go from from bad to worse. The other bronze match was Kagura uh, against Grohl. Again, Grohl is such a good gripper. He was in such control of the match. He. He got a Wazari up quite early, he outgripped Kagura and he drew him into a, like a, a weak Uchimata and he steered him over for the counter for a Waza. Um, and again, he looked like he was going to continue to control the gripping. He got caught coming out of a half attack. Um, he was completely in control, outgripped Kagura. Kagura's head was down. He did like a half-hearted Uchimata. Um, and Kagura went for like an Ashi Waza kind of half Tanya Toshi, just attacked the back leg. It looked like a soft score. It's definitely a pawn, but it looked like a soft score to give away. And, you know, it looked more like a lapse of concentration and, and Grohl looked gutted after the match. But again, it was, it was great throw, perfectly legitimate bit of judo, definitely a pawn. But from the position he was in, it looked like quite a soft score. Final was... Uh, good it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go like Harasawa is such a a tall athlete you know he's he's big he's clearly a big athlete but he looks quite he's a big guy isn't he I mean yeah. I, I I caught him um at one one point and he looks to have grown I, I absolutely what you're saying there James he looks a big man he does but I think he looks quite slight at the weight he looks broad across the shoulders. He looks tall, but a lot of the guys look... He looks very athletic, but a lot yeah. of the guys make him look smaller than he actually is because they carry just a lot more size than him. Kim, again, looked bigger, just physically bigger. When they were gripping, it looked quite close. Again, the match didn't last a huge amount of time. Harasawa stumbled coming out of an Uchimata and... Kim had really strong grip and he took control and he steered him onto the back for 10. You know, it was it was a great bit of judo. It's definitely a pun. I was a little disappointed. I was, it was great to see Harasawa back on back competing. I think he's probably going to be the athlete who goes, who, who competes in Tokyo. I think he's he's more aggressive. He's more mobile under the new rules. I think he'll beat a lot of the other Japanese athletes at plus. Um, I I don't think he has the size to has the physicality. Um, he, he has yeah. he definitely has the aggression, but I'm not sure he has the physicality to compete with a Toshishvili or a, 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 a Teddy. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, and that that's the thing, isn't it? They they have got the size, the physicality, the aggression, the endurance. You know. Mm. Really going to be a tough, tough way. It's had to be from um, come the Olympics, isn't it? Anything else stand out to you over the over the weekend? Um, well, I think I think first of all, did you one of the, one of the thoughts that um, we could maybe discuss was Abe? 
what happened there? Oh, I didn't catch the whole fight, but I saw the the two scores and I obviously legitimate attacks. Lombardo looks like a, a dangerous athlete. The Italian. One of the scores, it looked like it took such a long time for the drive to work. What did What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for me, it, it's kind of shown that actually, you know, I, I was content with the scores. I I thought Paris is always a leveler, isn't it? You know, it, it's it's where the Europeans can be the strongest and the and the Japanese can be can be vulnerable. Um, and I think the the Lombardo score, you know, I think the the score that you're on about you. I, you, you are kind of questioning it, is it, isn't it? You know, is it continuous enough? Or, but you know, I, I do actually feel it's good for the sport when the the ones that do dominate take a loss. Do you think there's, I guess, maybe um, cracks starting to show in that Japanese men's team? I know Hashimoto won at the weekend, um, but towards the end of last year, he didn't look. You know, as effective as he'd been, he picked up a couple of losses. Obviously, we've got Abe losing this last weekend. Are they as invincible as they maybe seemed at the start of the cycle? You know, are they, well, they going to well, come through? I can remember us talking and being, you know, cracking a joke, you know, in relation to what will their team look like and be like on home soil. Um, kind of, are they going to take all 14 or 15 <laughs> medals, uh, you know, uh, gold medals? Um and I'm just hoping that actually there there are chinks in the chinks in the armor and there, there are opportunities because that really needs to be exploited and driven home if that's the case. Definitely. What are I your think, thoughts? What? I think they're only going to get stronger. You know, I think if they're making mistakes, probably now's the time to do it. I'm you nodding sus- away here. I'm, <laughs> I'm nodding away. I think, I think it's all right. You suspect? I suspect losing now is probably better for maybe someone like Abe or Hashimoto than it would be a few weeks out from the games or a few months out from the games. Potentially even than going into the games undefeated, losing now is probably a jolt to the system that shows that they can be beaten because I'm sure it's all too easy for, for athletes to start thinking that you know they can't be touched, that they are unbeatable particularly those guys who for such a long period of time were untouchable on the international scene yeah absolutely absolutely i'm really excited but uh you know i, I do hope that more athletes push them take wins against them you know it in in the moments because that'll give them the belief that actually we can do it a couple of other things i wanted to talk about did you i, I noticed that the u.s team took quite a number of athletes out there um had a few tough draws and then i think they'll be disappointed not to come away with with any results it's i mean it's something i've wanted to touch on they've had such a kind of golden era the last two olympic cycles with uh, travis obviously with kayla harrison travis stevens and who got the bronze in 2012 as well Oh, Marty? Yeah, was it Martin Malloy? Martin Malloy. Um, I'm just trying to think. Of, you know, when I got when I think about the Americans, they've always had somebody, haven't they? Mm. Whether that's Swain or 
Pedro or Jason Morris or Ronda or um, Malloy, Kayla, Travis. They've always had somebody and normally a couple of people, you know, there and thereabouts and pushing um, at the highest highest levels um i caught i mean i did see i, caught, I see i watched um adonis diaz and he's got some nice judo that guy so really um nice which matters but I, I watched him and he lost uh by wazari i can't think you too really good match though you know adonis you know really aggressive doing the switch switch each matter over and over again probably came too predictable I can't remember who who that loss was to, but it was a was a good match. It was a good match. But I think overall they are going to be disappointed, aren't they? You know, in terms of not really um, having anybody at the level at the moment. I don't think. Do you think going into yeah this into the Olympics they they will qualify athletes? I think it is a weaker continent. They'll they'll do well in Pan American Games. Um, yeah. It's on, you know. I say it's a weaker continent. There's fewer athletes than maybe on the European or the Asian uh, scenes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Obviously, the the Brazilian team will will be consistently strong throughout the weight. The Canadian team, they're they're becoming vicious at this moment in time. They've got a number of athletes who are at the level, haven't they? And then you kind of got individual countries, haven't you, which have got one or two players. Do you think there's anyone in that American team? And I'm springing this on you. I know it's not something we talked about before the show. Is there anyone in that team who could bring a medal? Is it the young 60 kilo boy, Diaz? Or I, I, I I think no. Um, but I think watch the space with Adonis. What, what, what are you thinking on that one? I mean, I don't know. I think the last two Olympic cycles, they've been... Not spoiled, but they've had some phenomenal athletes. Two medals in in both games, gold and a bronze, and then gold and a silver. And missing those big names, you know, is 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 showing at the moment. Yeah, they've got Diaz at sixties. They've got is it Jack Hatton at eighty ones? Um, yeah, yeah. Don't think too much to him, to be honest. And okay. Popolo seventy seventy threes, is it? And I know they've pulled a few results. I don't know much about the the women's team, but again, some of the bigger names seem to be missing or retired. I don't know. I think they've gone from, yeah, being very strong, um, albeit through two or three athletes. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but I think it'll it'll show in the next game how much in the next games how much they relied on those. Um, did you catch? Changing the subject, did you catch uh, 63s? Did you catch the final 63s with Clarissa and Tristan yet? I did, yeah. I mean, what? Two athletes on that, mate. Going at it, hammer and tong. Golden score win for, for Clarice, you know, and, and the. I think she was overwhelmed winning in front of the home crowd, but also Tina graciously um, on, the, on the end of the loss. But I think both athletes respect each other. And, you know they they really went at it and and deserves a lot of plaudits for for the for the judo that they put on throughout the day really. Yeah, I, again, I didn't see too much. I caught the final. I thought the final was exceptional. I think it's worth noting how long 
the pair of them have been at the top of the category for. You know, they've been winning world medals since 2013. Um, I think Clarissa had a major medal at every event. Um, so Worlds and Olympic Games since 2013. I don't think she's missing any. Tristan Yak has been there, thereabouts every single time as well. You know, you've had one or two athletes like Gerby joining them on the rostrum. But those two are so, so consistent and at such a high level. Do you think they're going to be the two um, to beat come Tokyo? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean... Um, we spoke on here previously. We, we do, I think Clarice is firmly in the driving seat. Um, with with Tina, you know, she she's now well, they're both world class, but I think Tina's more catchable than, than Clarice's. Um, I also think that Lucy Renshaw last year, um, before her injury, had Tina's number. Tina was coming through, winning the matches on Shido, three Shido's to two or something like that in Golden Score. But I, I, I felt that Renshaw has got the measure of her and I, and I felt that it was just a matter of time, you know, maybe one or two more matches before that tide turns. Um, obviously, Lucy suffered suffered injury, comes back for Tina at the Masters' first competition back. Same weekend as the, as the, as the British Trials and you kind of go, you know, the the question is why you know why didn't Lucy do the British Trials as the first one back? Well, then you go, hang on a minute, we've got a world class field. If she was going to do the British Trials, so she may as well go and face a world class field all, yeah, over at the Masters. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, kind of, and and get some get some ranking points for it. So you know, kind of, Tina overcomer there quite relatively comfortably, and I would say again, just too soon in Lucy's comeback to to match Tina. At this moment in time, at this moment in time, a few more months, you know, let, let's see. But I do think you're right, though. The indications are that those athletes do have um, a few, they are a few lengths clear of the, of the opposition, aren't they? Lucy could be there, really and truly, any of the four British girls, they're not going to be a million miles away, I don't think. The other Slovenian, uh, is it Lesky? Lesky, yeah. I think yeah, it's yeah. going to push Tristan Yak all the way. She looks very dangerous. But like you say, Clarice, at the moment, seems to be the one to beat. I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about, and we we started to, to go over it last week, was the situation with the Iranian Malay. Yeah. Did you catch many of his matches? I did. Do you know what? I was following him throughout the day. Um, so, I... Watched his first match, you know. Kind of, he, he, he then comes up against the Japanese. Uh, did you see the, the the fight against the Japanese? No, no. Um... You know what? What you know, like he was just so strong, so physically strong. And you watch the Japanese go for uh, you know sacrifice technique, sumigashi, and Malay just crushes him and pins him, and the Japanese catches his leg and he just crushes him a bit more and got his leg free. Have a bit of that, you know. So you kind of, you just, you know, top class opposition. You see that, and then, obviously, he's then against um, the German, 
Mm-hmm. Help me out with his name. Um, world champion. It uh, wasn't wrestle. It was... No. What is that? Visa Snack or something like that. Yeah, I can't say his name. Phenomenal <laughs> fighter. Yeah. Phenomenal fighter. Again, overcomes him. You know, quite quite comfortably, really. Tough match, but, you know, well, well done to... Well done to him. Then he, obviously, against... Uh, we're now coming, progressing to the to the quarterfinals here. Su- Sugimaki is Israelis kind of lining up to be the 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 the, 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 the match if he wins through this, and we see what is described or someone on his social media, and it's a fan page or his page is described as a mandatory loss. Oh wow! Okay. Have you have you did you see the fight, James? So I saw. Uh, I saw the fight against the Kazakhstani, which was the the quarter final. So um, he would have faced yeah Muki in the semi final. I, I mean, I I I wasn't sure at the time a hundred percent how to take it. Like he went out and compared to his earlier matches, he looked a lot more open. And then he got thrown. And initially, I was like, that's a surprise. But then you could see his reaction. It looked like he obviously didn't want that to happen. Uh, not just the loss, but it, yeah, potentially otherwise. And then obviously he went on quarterfinals. He fought for in the ref charge and he fought for bronze, won both matches and didn't appear on the medal rostrum because they said he'd injured his knee. Um, I think if you've had a look at any of social media, there's... All this going around that he obviously lost on purpose to Musiev, uh, the, the Kazakhstani, and then they faked the injury because couldn't appear on a, the medal rostrum because of the, the political situation between Iran and Israel. I think Visa, uh, someone put the question oh, yeah. to Visa yeah. on yeah. Um, when he was doing his Ask, Ask, uh, Ask Marius time on Twitter. And he was quite, he was quite good. Uh, I thought he gave a wonderful response, to be honest. I really, really did. I really did. Will you, will you tell us a bit more about that? Um, he, he, I think he just acknowledged that it was, um, you know, a complex situation at home. He said they were going to look at, you know, how the loss occurred. Um, but he acknowledged that, you know, there's in some countries, in some political systems, there, there might be an element of risk or precaution that athletes have to take to protect themselves or families, you know, to, to live within that, that system. And that, yeah, it's difficult for individual athletes to break out of that. Um, he said they were going to look into it. I can't see there being a response. Um, they're still, I think, talking to, is it Morocco who had the Grand Prix taken off them last year for the the way they were treating the Israeli athletes? Tunisia. Oh, was it Tunisia? Could have been, no, Tunisia, yeah. Morocco's still happening, but I think Tunisia, yeah. And I, I think you mentioned last time, judo's made such, or you've seen on the judo mat, there's been such inroads made um, from the last Olympics, you know, when Sasson fought the Egyptian um, I know there was no handshake and that caused a bit of an uproar, but the Egyptian came out to face him. You know, then you've got Korea 
uh, unified in the team event last year. Yeah, there's been been. Big I, I think steps. for me, being able to hold the Israeli tournament, which got an 88-day yeah. turnaround. When you look at the Israeli athletes being able to fight under their own flag and have their national anthem played in the UAE, you know, yeah. I, I really, I think quite naively, when I look back, felt like judo's breaking the mould, um, but also making great progression. Um, and almost to an extent, uh, I didn't expect, didn't anticipate something like this to happen, but it was more of a surprise it happening than it not happening. You know, I think previously we could have expected pullouts, withdrawal rules, you know, as we see moving lie there. He went on to take bronze. He lost one match, you know, he, he lost one match in the day uh, where previously that would have been a withdrawal. And we wouldn't have seen him again that day. You know, he would have been pulled out injured as Mary mm-hmm. Bailey did. Um, I was speaking... Um, Matt DeValle, who said it would have been interesting to see what would have gone on if the draw, if Pool A and Pool B were reversed. So, what would Mucky have done in that situation? Fighting yeah. first. You know, it's kind of um, it's a big, big situation and it needs unfortunately a diplomatic and political answer, doesn't it, to respond the easy option would be to say, slap him on a ban. Slap the Iranian athletes on the ban. Where do we get from there? Totally. And I think it's unfair on the individual athletes to impose that on them. You know, I, looking at his reaction, I didn't think it was something he would have chosen to do. But under the the system, the coaches, the political system, it's potentially something that they're being told to do. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you on the last show. Uh, Mookie obviously went on to get silver, um, and but for a mistake in the final, I think gold was very achievable. I thought with one or two others, those two athletes were exceptional. If that is an Olympic final, if they end up on opposite sides of the draw, and they work their way through the rest of the field. What happens in that situation? I don't think we have an Olympic final. Oof. Interesting. I just wonder if, if an Olympic final becomes a bigger event or, mm-hmm. or potentially, it's, potentially it's, right, you get an athlete pulled out with an injury. or is it, a, is it the biggest platform in the world to make a political statement within a sporting arena? You know, it's not a first-round match. Olympic final, like, the opportunity is there to either send messages, restoration or reparation or progression, however we want to look at it, or the, the platform is there to set the stall out um, you know, we take a take a political stance, which will be very clear for the world to see. And I suppose I suppose it's up to each of the governments to, um, you know, they'll be planning for this that, that strategy right now, won't they? You know, their response. If this has happened, this contingency will be well measured out. And you know, just as we're chatting over it on the podcast, prattling about, 
some people will be having some serious conversations regarding this scenario. Definitely. I think there's we're still a long way from the Olympics, from the Olympic final. There's there's a lot could happen. Both athletes are flying at the moment in terms of performances. But again, there's there's plenty of time for them to be caught up by, by everyone else in, in, in the weight. Um, it's, it's, it's one to keep an eye on. Going ahead from here, we've got Dusseldorf coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Anything you're looking forward to, particularly there? Well, I think the, the rotation of the, the women in 63 kilos. Um, I'm hoping, I think uh, Dakota will be back on the mat. Um, having missed Paris. So I think I think I'm looking forward to seeing how the uh, I want to say that the lower ranked players in 63s do Amy and Lulu, um, and then you know kind of on the on a big big platform, and then also to see see Nicola. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm also saying kind of seeing. I'm not sure what who the selections are within within the men, but um, I think I think just I want to be seeing more British men on the mats. How about yourself? I am really excited about seeing the Japanese team in, in, in Germany. They are, they're also on the rotations. So, out, Takato's out and you've got the world number four, Nagiyama, in in his place. 66, Abe's out and Mariyama's in. 73's is, there's no Hashimoto Instead, you're going to have to make do with Ono and Ebinuma. Just the the level of judo, the, the level of athlete, certainly from their men's team, is 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 unreal. The athletes are able to swap in and out um, to keep a strong team. They've still got Harasawa fighting in heavyweights, so no, it's okay. Okay, I feel too. I feel they're maybe having a push for him to be their their number one at the moment. Yeah, I think it's it's exciting, but that's that's what I'm looking forward to most, uh, particularly 73s. You know, return of Ono to internationals, and then uh, perhaps more than that, seeing Ebenuma again his first time out at 73s, certainly in Europe. Yeah, very exciting. He could cause some damage uh, at that category. I think, as you say, first time out, 73 kilos for me, one of the uh, one of my favourite athletes to watch at 66 isn't kind of it's interesting when, when players move weight categories isn't it yeah again just demonstrates that strength and depth that Japan have across those lighter weight categories I think anyway Chris thanks so much for your time always good chatting James <laughs> hope to speak to you soon after uh, Dusseldorf I will catch you after Dusseldorf thanks a lot mate speak to you soon Brilliant. thank you as ever, thanks to Chris for getting involved. It's obviously taken a couple of weeks to get this out and hopefully it will reach you just before Dusseldorf. Hope you enjoy the judo. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Again, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. It's at Original Judo Pod. Catch you soon, guys. <laughs>